You're listening ARX Radio, a podcast about business, money, and self-improvement. I want to talk about ambition, ridiculous ambition, billion-dollar ambition. We keep hearing in the UK that we need to be like Americans, that Silicon Valley is the only place that can make this happen. So, let me sort of walk you through the stories of what a lot of billion-dollar apps have done and how they're not remarkable people. They're not crazy different people dissimilar to you and me but actually how those journeys make sense the more that you know about them. Number 1. Let's start by blaming someone. John D. Rockefeller. This guy I think caused all the problems that we have today. This guy was the world's first billionaire. A self-made man built his business in oil became a tycoon and at a wonderful old age and in 1897 actually passed away as the world's richest person worth $336 billion and as history's richest person and probably the richest person we'll ever see. So now that we know that we probably won't be richer than him or we'll ever see anyone richer than him, let's sort of figure out where we can go. Since him, we've got about 18 different billionaires around the world, and they control an astounding $7 trillion worth of wealth. The point here is that people are becoming entrepreneurial, and more and more. So the vast majority of that wealth has been created by entrepreneurs by people who started in families that had nothing, who was modest, who were people like you and me, and who saw problems out there and decided to go and address them and do something interesting. Today, we have this wonderful term called unicorns, that has really been adopted by the technology industry and again something that used to be so evil and beautiful and kind of romantic. It used to be the realm of girls and their tea parties, but now it's much more kind of aggressive laser beam all kind of crazy and I think represents and embodies a lot of the characteristics we all need to make it there. Number 2. History WhatsApp, Instagram, Snapchat, Uber, etc. These are the billion-dollar apps that exist today. These are companies that have generated incredible amounts of wealth and value because of the amazing things that they're done and we're going to focus on a few of them and go through their stories and how they came about. This image just out of interest represents the last 10 years in the technology industry. There have been $78 billion, or more companies, and in the last couple of years this sort of arm on the right-hand side has extended crazily. And we'll talk about one of those outline companies. One of the reasons that mobile has become such a lucrative and fascinating opportunity. It's because of the simple sheer amount of time that we're spending on our devices and whether it causes loneliness or other problems. It is one of these behaviors that's not going to go backward. And this is the last three years we have pretty much you know more than doubled the amount of time that we're spending on these devices. And it's the people who understand this behavior are taking advantage of it that are seeing fascinating opportunity. Astoundingly, this is a 7 to an 8 year old image that I put up there on purpose. It's no longer on average that each one of us here will interact with our smartphone 150 times a day. It's more on the order now today of 400 times a day that these little devices are taking over our lives and taking of our attention and as you can kind of see as we look down the bottom of that whether it's around messaging, voice calls, clock, and music. The vast frequency of these kinds of actions in the exact actions and areas where some of the leading mobile apps are making huge inroads. But the world is changing, you know the opportunities that these kinds of apps had three or four years ago are quite different. The app stores were a lot smaller and the competition was a lot lower. Today, if you're starting a business like this, I still want to infuse people with hope but also a reality check. If you've got 3 million competitors out there you also have 85 billion downloads which are an opportunity in terms of how frequently people are downloading these apps. But here is the challenging number. The number of apps that people have used has flattened. It was growing until the end of last year and we don't see this number continuing to grow. People on average everywhere around the world are only opening 28 apps on their phones every single month, 
but the worst is 75% of that time of your time is focused on your top four apps. So when you think about these new players and these new businesses that are going out there, this is not about creating something that is going to add to the amount of time that you're spending on your phone. This is about actually displacing an existing behavior on your phone. So the competition, the mindset is very complicated. Every day in the US, there are 157 million people who go to work every single day. That's the size of this super active workforce. And yet if we look at these apps here, it has 160 million people who play it every day, more than a billion times. 540 million people play it every month, and they spend over a billion dollars on it and I'm sure you all know these apps. Is this a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know, we'll let other people judge that, but the simple truth is that game was made by six people in three months and they thought it was an utter failure. It was a small internal project for King that was launched right before Christmas. And the team was pretty disappointed in what they did and they launched it in the app store just before Christmas. Everyone went home, people went on holiday, and didn't come back until the end of January and everyone thought that the analytics and measurements were broken in the game because the numbers were off the chart. Little did they know that it would turn into the highest grossing game pretty much of history. So again, don't be sad if something doesn't work straight away. The history of King, the company behind this game, was brewing for 11 long years before these guys came up with their first blockbuster game. I'm not sure whether I would have hung around for 11 years of persistence, evolving through web games, evolving through Facebook, and then finally getting to mobile, but again, persistence is a long journey. The guys who were the founders of this company, for out of the five founders were persistent. Today, they are worth hundreds of millions of dollars and are nice guys. One of them left the company and was bought out for about $2 million at a time. Needless to say that he kind of regretted his decision. Number three, to ways to a billion dollar world. These days, if you look at the companies that are succeeding, one is to do something incredibly good and to do it a lot better than everyone else, but not just a bit better. It's an order of magnitude better. The other really interesting way to go about it is to do something that no one's really ever thought of before or done before and these are the two kinds of stories that I think are fascinatingly interesting. 1. WhatsApp starts with Tyler Durden and Fight Club. Jan Coom and his co-founder Brian Acton, who started WhatsApp, spent 20 long years together at Yahoo. Yahoo makes all their money off advertising. These two guys collectively hated advertising. They hated their jobs while they were there. Post leaving Yahoo, they tried to get jobs at Facebook and Twitter. They would turn down, so they decided to go create their own company. And interestingly, Jan decided to create WhatsApp. But the first iteration of WhatsApp is created by him because he wanted an app that would tell everybody that he was busy at the gym. It was a status update app. It had nothing to do with messaging or texting, and actually for nine months he persisted and built this app. But the people have thought that this was probably not the most interesting thing when you plan to go to the gym once a month, so not much sure how useful this is. But he started listening to people eventually and people said actually why don't you put kind of a messaging feature in there. That'd be pretty interesting. Also got a little bit more activity. Then what happened was fascinated by listening to people. Back home in the Ukraine where he was strong, they were saying we'd love to message you because it's incredibly expensive to message people in California in the US. And you know our text messages cost us 30 or 40 cents just to get through. Can you build us a version of the app that works over here? At the time, the iPhone wasn't readily available over there. So they built a BlackBerry client. So, while for the Americans it was all great to have the iPhone version of WhatsApp, it only exploded and literally in the first week that they had a version of WhatsApp on a BlackBerry where they get 200,000 organic downloads and that's where everything kind of changed.
these guys became super ubiquitous, and as you can see just because they solved a very simple problem which is making SMS messaging free. They were able to grow way faster than any other competing company. But they kept their profile nice and low. As of now, these guys carried more SMS volume than the entire world sees on every single telecommunication company as well. Which sort of justifies that wonderful price that Facebook paid for them at the end of the day which is $21.80 billion. Today most analysts say that it was a bit of a steal, in terms of the valuation of the company has probably gone up about 50% since that acquisition. 2. Another really interesting example that I want to kind of talk about when you think about you know an astoundingly big opportunity, especially in mobile is disrupting something that's already there, and again WhatsApp did that quite well. But I think Uber did it much better. Looking at the numbers, yeah this sounds astounding when you compare the valuation of the company compared to Facebook. Uber has a growth curve that the world has never seen before because it's an astounding and real business. Its valuation right now is $53 billion. And this number makes absolutely no sense to anybody but if you've dug into the numbers and understand what this business has been able to do in five years, it's something that we could never measure even working in the technology industry for a decade. They're in 45 countries, 220 cities and they've employed 750,000 drivers. All of that allows them to turn over $8 billion in fares last year. It does a valuation of $53 billion kind of on top of that makes it sound that crazy. Number 4. An Opportunity when you think about opportunities replacing something that someone does every day, doing it incredibly well and then figuring out how to scale it is an astounding opportunity and when you think about the future of where their model is going I've got a good friend who used to be in the Android team over in the US at Google. And he took one of their self-driving cars to work three times a week. Out of about a hundred trips, he almost died once that's fair. But you know in the 99 other times that he went it was a perfectly smooth wonderful experience. Is it that hard to imagine and I only saw this last year, when I saw someone's car park itself without them even touching the steering wheel, is it that much of a stretch to think that we're going to have driverless cars that look cute just like the one below made by Google on the road in two or three years? Google has come out there and said we're competing directly with Uber even though they're their biggest investor. Someone is smelling a huge opportunity here. So again, the rate of change in technology and mobile is fascinating and interesting. People understand but a lot of these things will change, and I think interestingly we're adopting them faster and faster. If you're looking for opportunities and I'm always looking for opportunities for new businesses. One thing that I came across in college when I was in the US was the 67 human universals. These are the behaviors, the traits, and the features of culture and society of people that have now finally been documented to exist with every single culture in the world. I've also highlighted the areas where people have already built billion-dollar companies. There's plenty of black text there that represents fantastic interesting opportunities. Why is that interesting? In the future, we'll have three and a half billion smartphones around the world. There's a whole segment of the world's population that never had a PC. That never went on the internet on the desktop. There's a whole slew of people that will come in the next year or two in the billions who will only understand the internet connectedness because of smart mobile devices. If you're looking for opportunities, yeah there's quite a lot right there. One thing that I sort of love to point out to people is that out of all the billion-dollar companies that have been made out there, the average age of co-founders of people who started these companies who had these great ideas, it's not 21. It's not people who graduated from Stanford University. For consumer-facing companies, it's 34-year-olds and for B2B companies, it's 37-year-olds. These are people who have been around the block, who have had an experience. 
who've done it before, who have had plenty of failures but who have built up teams and experience and suddenly understood that they can really launch something and put it together. Also, again to kind of reiterate the whole notion of perseverance and persistence. The average time to build one of these companies is seven years. So to get there, don't think that it's a short journey. And the one thing that I really kind of wants to end on is when you're kind of evaluating what is a massively interesting and good idea, something that just appears inevitable. Something that you think really should be there that isn't there is often the answer to building something your billion-dollar success.